Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Well, how many know that no matter if you're traveling by plane, by car, we even travel by boat, all right? No matter how, the, the mode of transportation you have, how many know that you got some little ones in the back that I don't know if, if, if this was ingrained in them before they were born. I don't know if this is just something they learned before they say mama or dada. Or if you got some man child, the same thing. It's still in us. But how many of the words that they say when you're in the middle of your journey? They say, mom, dad, are we? Ah, oh, you know those words too, huh? Are we? there yet. Now, if you're a godly parent, you know, and, and you've done such a great job, you're like the perfect parent. Your response typically is, no, right? You're like, no, we're not there yet, you know, or does it look like we're there yet? Or maybe your response is, we'll, 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 we'll get there when we, that's my people laugh right there, huh? Or maybe a great response, I've heard this before, is, hey, are we there yet? Soon. And you're kind of like, what does that mean? Like, that could be an hour, that could be a minute, that could be a day, that could be a week, right? Depending on what industry you're in, right? If you're in a cable company, soon is next year, you know? Like, are you coming soon? Thank you. You hang up. When is soon? I don't know what soon is. But here's my prayer. As I begin to write this message this week, my prayer is that many of us in Avenue Church, we're, we're understanding what our faith journey is like. We're understanding that there's promises of God over our life. We're believing for some things in our life. We're believing for God to heal that thing. Or we're believing for God to, 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 to cover that thing and to begin to change your circumstance. We're believing for God to do a miracle in your life. But now your prayer hasn't been, God, I believe. Now your prayer is, God, am I there yet? God, am I there yet? God, have I arrived? God, is the promise coming? God, where is it? God, how long do I have to suffer? God, am I there yet? I, I always hear like it's coming on the other side. Like, God, am I there yet? Am I on the other side? Adele made it to the other side. Why can't I make it to the other side? <laughs> Hello from the other side. I was dead, but now I'm alive. Chris, come on. That was good. Come on, give it up for me, right? That was good, right? Now, I'm hard of hearing. I wear a hearing aid, so if you thought that was bad, you're judgmental, and that's just rude. That's just me. But that's the title of my message today is, Are We There Yet? So touch your neighbor and say, Are You There Yet? All right? Touch the other neighbor you just totally neglected. Say, Are You There Yet? Because we're all on a faith journey. So open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 16, verse 15. This faith journey has all been based upon the life of Abram, the life of Abram. So grab your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you a free Bible. You don't have to sign up for it, sign anything, but we have free Bibles onto the side. You can walk up and just grab, or our usher team would love to help you out. Also grab your iPhones out. Take notes on Facebook, all right? You don't have to surf Facebook like this no more, all right? You can put it right here, and you can use it, and check in, and take notes on the Facebook, and Instagram on the Facebook. I said that like I'm old, huh? Get the Facebook out. Also, Instagram, story, Snapchat, do whatever you can to get the message in you. Do whatever you can to get the message in you. But here it is, Genesis chapter 16. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for the word? Genesis chapter 16, this says this. So Hagar, Hagar was Sarai's slave. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. 
So if you're here last week on the video that you saw, we begin to realize that Sarai said, I am tired of waiting. Sarai said, okay, maybe, maybe I misinterpreted God. Maybe I had bad pizza last night. Maybe I didn't hear everything. And, and so maybe the, the, the promises are going to come through me. Maybe it will go through somebody else. But at least Abram will have the promise. So she got tired of waiting and said, Abram, sleep with, with Hagar. And Hagar was a beautiful Egyptian slave. And so Abram's like, yes, ma'am, I'll, I'll do this for you. Thus saith the Lord. You're like, Abram, come on, bro. So they, together they had a baby. And it says this, and Abram was, say it out loud, how old was he? 86. He was 86 years old. If you're a grandmother, a grandfather, a baby boomer in this place, there is hope for your life. God will, I'm kidding, I'm just, I won't do that. I won't. Some of you just, calm down. But he was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Now go to Genesis chapter 17, just right up, just the next couple verses. Now when Abram was, how old? 99. Come on, somebody. He's got 99 problems, but babies aren't one of them, right? He was 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to him. What does that mean? That means it has been 13 years since anything has happened. It has been 13 years since the birth of Ishmael, which was something he forced or a mistake. And then 13 years later, God finally speaks. How many know from the time God spoke, and then he had Ishmael, and then here it is, he's 99 years old. It's actually 25 years of silence. I don't know about you, but that's a long time to be silent. That's a long time to be in a relationship. For 25 years, some of you are like, I can relate, right? For 25 years, and there's no conversation. It's simply silence. I can't imagine Abram going, God, am I there yet? God, where are you? God, are you going to speak? This verse, uh, chap, uh, chapter 17, verse 2, and the Lord appeared to him when he was 99 years old, and he said, I am El Shaddai. God reintroduces himself. I am God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I think it's so in unique. Abram's like, where's the promise? Where's the promise? Where are you at? God, where are you? God says, I am God Almighty, serve faithfully, live blamelessly. Serve faithfully, live blameless. I will make a covenant or a promise with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. And verse 5 says this, not only am I reminding you of what's to come, I'm reminding you of the promise, but he says, what's more. How many know we serve a, a God that is a God of more? He's going to do more in your life. He's going to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can think or comprehend. The promise is coming. And he says, what's more is I'm changing your name. All right, Abram, I'm giving you a rapper name. It's going to be sweet. It's going to be awesome. I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you'll be called Abraham, for you'll be the father of many nations. Then God said to Abram, now Sarai, your wife, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to change her name. It'll no longer be Sarai, but it'll now be Sarah. And I will bless her and I will give you a son through her. Not Ishmael, but through 
her. And this is what the Bible says. Abram bowed down. Sometimes we do this in church, right? We're like, God, you're so awesome. God, you're amazing. He bows down and he laughs to himself. So he's like, yes, Lord. My wife who's 90 and I'm 99, we're going to have another child. He bows down and goes, ha, ha, ha. That's stupid, right? Ha, 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 ha. He's lost his mind. God's gone crazy. Am I not hearing things right? I love this. In chapter 18, Sarah, chapter 18, Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Come on, Sarah. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of like in the old days where you pick up the landline and you're like, okay, I'm going to call somebody. And then you get on the other landline in the other, other, uh, the, in the other room and you just pick it up. And then we both listen. You're like, hey, do you like that person? Right? And so that's like Sarah. Sarah's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have a baby at 91 years old. Ha, ha, ha. She laughs. And this is what God says to Abram on the other side. God says to Abram, why did she laugh? Why did she laugh? And Sarah said, I am a worn out old woman. Abraham is definitely worn out old man. And she said, how can God do this? And so God says, why did she laugh? Can an old woman like me have a baby? Why did she say that? Is anything too hard for God? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And I want many of you to grasp that statement today. That nothing is too hard for what God is going to do in your life. Nothing is too hard for what God is going to do. And he said, I will return this time next year, and Sarah will have a son, and she shall name him Isaac. And Sarah was afraid, and she denied saying it. I didn't laugh, but the Lord said, yeah, you did laugh. And so the title of my message today is, Are We There Yet? I've, real, I've realized long ago that faith is not an event it's a process. But the problem is, sometimes we see that event take place. We'll be in church, we'll be like, wow, she got her breakthrough. Wow, that happened over there. And I'll praise God, but I'm believing for you got to have it. That sometimes we'll see an event take place in somebody's life, but we never see the process that it took to get to that place. Faith is a process. It's not a one-time event or one-time experience. It can be, but more often than not, it's a process. It is a journey. And the problem is we stop on that process. I'm so tired of this. I'm done. Now, if you lived in Las Vegas, like we do, right? And if you go on a road trip, like, hey, family, let's load up the car. We're going to go on a fun road trip. Where are we going, Mom and Dad? We're going to go to an amazing place. You get in your car and you load everything up and you drive down the road. Your kids are like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Like, no, we're not there yet, you know? And you're freaking out. That probably happened to you Sunday morning, right? You pull out of the driveway to go to Avenue Church and you go, are we there yet? Shut up! And you got to to praise the Lord, everybody, you know? <laughs> but if you drive, let's say, 30 minutes out of Las Vegas, and you decide, and forgive me, if you're from these places, we love you. God is for you, not against you. But if you stop in 30 minutes, you can be in either Pahrump, you can be in Prim or Overton. If you live there, God's still in desolate places. He loves you. But if you stop there, that is not a vacation destination, all right? Like everybody, it's Prim. We're going to stay here for weeks upon weeks, right? That's not what I'm saying. It's Pahrump, all right? But here's what I'm saying. The longer the journey, the better the destination. The longer the journey, 
the better the destination. There's so many of us, we're all about the destination, but God is about the journey. He's about the trip that we are taking. And so here's, I got two points today. Write this down. Number one is keep driving. Is keep driving. God showed up, said, Abram, I am El Shaddai, I am God Almighty. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to serve faithfully. Serve faithfully. I want to encourage you today, maybe on your faith journey, and whether you've just been attending Avenue Church or this is your first time and you're ready for God to do something new in your life, I encourage you to keep moving, to keep driving, to keep going on the journey. That our faith journey, it's not a sprint, it's not a marathon. Can I get an amen right there? All right. It's a slow and steady walk. I begin to realize that, you know what a sprint is? A sprint will cover short distances and leave you exhausted. That's one of the best ways to promote strength in your leg. Sprint for a short distance, you stop, but then you're more tired. If you do a marathon, a marathon demands everything you have. And it takes longer to recuperate. How many seen people that are like, I just did 28 miles. And you're like, why? I mean, like, that's awesome. That's amazing. But the next day, they're like, I'm so awesome. I did a marathon. The next day, they got ice packs. They're laid up, right? They're elevating their legs. <laughs> they're like, they can't even, I'm so tired. Are you okay? <laughs> Sometimes that's how a marathon can be. It takes everything to run that marathon. It's an amazing thing to do. But you're recuperating longer. But an average person, anyone, can walk miles each day and gain strength. Your faith journey, it's slow and steady. Our faith journey, saying, God, I'm believing in the process. I, I, wish, I wish I could tell you as a pastor, here's how you speed up the process of God in your life. Here's the magic words you say, and bam, you're going to have everything in your life, automatically, instantly in your life. But God is all about the journey. He is all about the journey. I want to uh, call some people up. Chris, hey, man, thank you for having your hand raised. Come on up here, Chris. Give it up for Chris real quick. I love Chris. Let me see here. I need one more, one more dude. John, can I borrow you? Come on up here, John. Give it up for John. Give it up for John. Come on up here. Chris, stay right there, all right? Because I know you like workout and stuff. But John, I love you, man. Come on over here real quick. And John's got his baptism shirt on. Come on, John. Now here's Chris. Chris, you're going to be God, all right? He's going to be that destination. He's going to be that promise. He looks like a, hey, calm down, all right? <laughs> He's going to be God, all right? I want you to face John. Now, this, is the, this is the part of the journey and the process. Come on over here. And here is John. Maybe at one point, turn around for a second, all the way. Maybe at one point we're going on the wrong path. Maybe at one point we're, we're just living the way we want to live, or maybe we're living a strain we don't know. And finally we begin to know God, who God is. Then we begin to find freedom. And so the term repentance doesn't mean like, repent, I'm mad at you. Repent means to change your mind. And so if you repent, that means he's going to turn and change his direction, change his mind. And now he's going to go towards the things of God. And when you take a, oh, calm down, hey, calm down, relax, <laughs> chill out, all right? He doesn't follow instructions well, does he? No. I want you, when you take a step, take a small step, take a small one, all right? Because at Avenue Church, everything we do is a step. Everyone has a different step to take. For some, it's getting water baptized. For some, it's getting involved in growth track. 
For some, it's just attending every Sunday. For some, we all have a different step to take. But thank goodness, the Bible says, when we draw near to God, he what? Draws near to us. So when he takes a small step, I want you to take a small step. So take a small step, and then he's going to take a small step. This is the journey to the process. This is the process to the promise. Now, for many of us, we'll say, you know what? Like, this is taking way too long. I'm getting so frustrated. And so we'll start to sprint. Calm down, all right? We will sprint. This last service, he was like, calm down, man. All right? But we'll sprint. But many of us think along the timeline, whether this is weeks, months, or years, we think along the timeline, we think, man, if I just sprint, i get there quicker. But here's what happens. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things unseen, things hoped for, but that by faith we're saved, right? We're saved through grace, not by our own works. And so we say, God, I'm going to repent and turn to you, and now I am saved by grace through faith. It is not, not by what I have done. And so too many of us, we're stuck in the action. So go ahead, sprint, but in place. Because this is what happens when you sprint. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Many of us, we are sprinting and we're exerting more energy. We're doing more things, but it's not changing the time we get to the, process, to the promise. Does that make sense, everybody? Faith is a slow and steady walk towards the things. Of God. Will you give it up for my guys? Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. I love what Robert Rohr said. Put up on the screens. Robert Rohr says, faith is patience with mystery. Faith is patience with mystery. I don't know if you ever sat down with a child and be like, hey, listen, okay, I'll give you, if you, if you, if you, um, I'll give you one ice cream now, all right? But if you wait, I'll give you two ice creams. What does every child do? One ice cream. Like, like, I want it now. I'm tired of waiting. But a smart child would say, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one and I'll wait so I can get two. Now, here's what Robert Moore says. Faith is patience with mystery. For some of you, this drives you nuts. Because you are not patient and you hate mystery. Right? Like, no surprise birthday parties. I will kill you. Right? Like, you, know, you tell me where we're going. I have a kid that goes, are we there yet? But he also goes, where are we going? What time are we going to get there? And I'm like, you're just like your mom. I don't understand. <laughs> we get there when we get there. Where are we going? It'll be a surprise. <laughs> but faith is patience with mystery. In the process, God wants you to walk and to simply trust him. To simply to trust him. Psalms 23 says it best. It says, ye, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Please don't stop driving. Because so many of us, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And we say, I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to stay in the valley of the shadow of death. But God says, I want to walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. What does that mean? That means God is with us. He'll comfort us. He'll be there with us. And God is saying, I'm going to get you through that valley of death. Why? So you're better on the other side. So that why, when you get through it, you're ready for the promise that a good thing at the wrong time can become a curse. So don't stop driving. Don't get tired of the journey that you stop and you take a pit stop. 
Sarah, she laughed silently herself. And she said, how can a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasures? How can a worn-out woman like me begin to, begin to realize there's still a journey to take? That I believe that God wants to continue on your journey. But if you feel so worn out, you feel so tired, we're so sick and tired of waiting. For some in this room, you're tired of saying, am I there yet? And you're saying, it's not going to happen. Forget it. God, you must be punishing me. God, you must be doing, I, I must have done something wrong. And how many know God is taking you through the process? That your waiting season is your faith season. That faith is waiting. And I hate that, but it's an action that we need to take is waiting. God, by having faith in you, I'm waiting upon you. It's not what I do. I could sprint and run and I could do all these things, but God, I'm going to serve you faithfully because I believe you're going to do what you said. I was in Alabama many, many years ago and I was in seminary, Bible college. And how many know, raise your hand if you're a college student or online or anything like that, internship. And uh, being in, in, in that area, I didn't work. I had to raise money and, and pay them to serve, you know, that type of thing. And I have college classes, things like that. But I drove from North Dakota all the way to Alabama in a, in a Chevy Corsica. How many know what that is? Oh, man. Prime deal. I got it for 200 bucks. Come on, somebody. It was such a nice car that it was so nice that you had, to go, you had to get into the driver's side through the passenger, all right? It didn't work. It was so nice that the paint was peeling on the side. It peeled, all right? It was peeling like you could take it off. You could be like, here's a paint sample. And so my car had wisdom. It was white with a touch of gray. I had a gray car. It was amazing. And one morning I ran out of gas completely. As I parked in my driveway, it kind of sputtered a little bit, and I shut it off, and I looked at the, at the gas gauge, and it was right on E. How many know, you're, you, if you know your car so well, you got that little gauge that says E, you know where E really is. Where my people at? <laughs> right? Where my people at? You know where E is. <laughs> the devil's a liar. Right? It needs to be done. <laughs> I know where E is. I remember I was thinking, man, how can I get, you know, I got to find a way. And so I called my dad. I said, yo, dad. And so my dad sent me money in the mail. And here's my dad. Just enough. Thank you, Father, if you're watching online. Right? Just enough. So I got money in the mail. I remember I took that money. And I was like, God is good. Come on, somebody. So I got in the car. And how many know when you have a need like that, you get super spiritual, right? You get in the car and you're like, Jesus, if you've ever done anything in my life, right? Get this car to the gas station, Lord. Right? You're like praying over it. You're like, I cut that about that. Come on. So you, you get that thing going and all of a sudden you pull on the side on the road and I'm just like praying the whole way, please, Jesus, please, Jesus, get me there, get me there. And all of a sudden I get to the top of the hill. I knew I had to get to the top of the hill. At the bottom of the hill to the, uh, to the right was the gas station. And so I knew if I could just get there, I could put money in, I'd be okay. How many people can relate to me right now? This is an 11 a.m. service. Where are my people at, all right? And so I get to the top of the hill, and my car sputters. It freaks out, and all of a sudden it stalls. So I put it in neutral because I've done this before. And so I put it in neutral and shut it off, and all of a sudden I go, 
Okay, thank you, Jesus. And I go down the hill. I pray no stoplights, right? No stop signs, nobody in their car. And all of a sudden I go all the way down, and all of a sudden I pull right into the gas station, and it pulls right up to the gas pump and stops. And I go, God is faithful and just. Come on, Jesus. And I was able to put gas in my car. Why do I tell you that? Because I was praying for you this week. I believe there are many of you in this room that your gas tank's on E, that you're so fed up, you're so frustrated, you feel like you have nothing to offer, you have no purpose in your life. I was talking to uh, someone I love dearly. He began to say, I, I don't know about God and if I believe in God, but here's what he said, I, I don't know if I believe in God, but I do know that I don't have purpose. And I'm here to tell you, if you finally, if you barely just made it into this church this morning, if you feel like you just, you just stalled right in here, you feel like you just coasted with no gas, no power, no engines on, and you just went right into the gas pump, I'm here to tell you that God wants to fill your tank. God wants to give you vision and purpose over your life. God said, I'm not going to give it to you. I already put it inside of you that I made you on purpose and for a purpose. I'm preaching good today. Come on, somebody. And it's a fun illustration, but it's so true. That God wants to do a work in your life. He's going to give you vision and purpose, but he's also going to change your identity. I want you to check this out. God said, hey, the promise is still coming. I am the Lord Almighty. I'm encouraging you, just hold on, just wait. This time next year, it's coming, all right? You waited 25 years, why not one more year? And I'm sure Abram's like, are we there yet? And God says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to change your name. So Abram means, means exalted father. That, and that term doesn't mean God's the exalted father. That term means that it was a term for a moon god that Abram's dad worshipped, which was idolatry, which was a false god. So he said, your name means you exalt idolatry in your life. But now I'm going to change your name to Abraham. It'll now be named, Abraham now means father of a multitude, father of many. Listen to me, identity brings vision to your life. God called him something he was not yet. God said, you're going to be a father of many nations. So that's what your name tag is. That's what your identity is. But it did not take place yet. God's going to bring identity into your life so he can bring you vision to your life. Vision is what no one else can see. And so God is saying, begin to say who you are. Every time someone says your name and you're going, man, this is never going to happen. I'm never going to have kids. I'm never going to be the father of many nations. And all of a sudden somebody will go, hey, Father of many nations. And you'd be like, oh, that's right. That's a great reminder. God changed my name. Can you imagine if Abram was like, no, 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 no. It needs to be exalted. Moon God, Father, needs to be that. That's my name right there. It's like you had a childhood name, and then you change it, and nobody else wants to call you that. You're like, that was my middle name, all right? And you're like, I don't understand. And there are people in your life, like, you will always be Chuck. Yeah, like, stop it. But vision vision over your life. I don't know if it was like 2000 and, where's my sports fans at? It was like 2010, I think, or 2009. This young gentleman named LeBron James, if you guys heard of him, if that, during that time he was like, I will be the GOAT, all right? I will be the greatest of all time. How many believe he is the greatest of all time? 
I love this church. I love you guys. Yes. You, my people are here. You know what, you what GOAT really means? Going on another team. Just write that down. That's what GOAT really means for LeBron James. But listen to me. He was placing an identity in his life and believing in that identity. God's placing a new identity in your life. God's saying, no, 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 no. That's what they say about you. That's what culture said about you. That's not your identity. I'm going to change your name because this is who you really are. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, this is who I made you to be. All right? You are not that. You are now this. I'll prove it to you. Here's Sarai. He said, I'm going to change Sarai's name. Here's what Sarai's name means. Contentious or quarrelsome. Come on, somebody. God is saying, Sarai, I love you, but you are always arguing with me. Sarai, I love you, but you're so contentious. You're so like, but God, and this is not happening. God, sleep with Hagar. Things need to happen. And God said, no, none of that, all right? Bye, Felicia. Your name's now going to be Sarah, mother of all nations. If you're here today and you're like, man, I'm such a gossiper, God's saying, no, you're not. You are now an encourager. Man, whatever name you say it, you begin to claim it. Before my son was born, my wife and I, we were, went on a walk one night. It's dangerous for us to go on walks if you've been here at Avenue Church, all right? We went on a walk one night, and there was this beautiful black lab, this dog that was following us. And so my wife was like, oh, look at the puppy. And I was like, Leave, ignore the dog, all right? Just keep walking. Keep going. And so then the dog came home with us. And she was like, let's keep him overnight so he's safe and we'll feed him. And, and I was like, that's fine, babe. But he's got to stay in the garage, all right? Because I don't know if he's going to, like, eat things or freak out or, or lick me in my sleep because that's weird, you know, or pee over everything. So he's got to stay in the garage. She's like, yes, yes. And this is our first year of marriage. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I love you. And so I go in the bedroom and I change and I come out and this dog is next to the TV on his own bed in his own little pillow. I went, what happened here? I thought we said the garage, you contentious woman. Yeah, no. I thought we said, I thought he was going to be in the garage. But look, he's so good. And on his name tag, he had a little collar on. And his name tag said red. His name was red. And so she said, yeah, but that's where Casey's going to sleep tonight. I said, Casey? I said, his name is red. And she goes, that's, uh, that might be his name, but he's not responding to red very well. He responds to Casey better. I'm like, what's wrong with you? She was like, thus saith the Lord, your name shall not be red. It shall be Casey in Jesus' name. You'll be a part of the Bosma household. I was like, I rebuke you, woman. I was like, oh, no, you gave him a name? He's already got a name. Don't give him a name. And I was so worried because if you name it, you what? You claim it. But for so many of us in this room, you're, you're claiming the name that is over your life. Quit claiming the name. So here's my question for you today. Which name do you claim? Which name do you claim? Oh, so-and-so, there, this and that. You say, I'm not claiming that. This is the name that God has for over my life, that I am God's workmanship, that I am pure and blameless before God, that God is doing a work in my life. You don't need to look at my background check. Why? Because I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. I was good. I got a little, little excited there. <laughs> Are you quarrelsome? Are you a mother of many nations? So worship team, I want to call you up. I'm going to close. I'm going to land this plane. But here's my last point. Number one is, let's keep driving. 
Keep going. Because God showed up out of nowhere and said, hey, what's up? I'm going to change your name. He didn't build an altar. He wasn't worshiping. He was simply waiting. And God said, I'm going to change your name. I'm going to change your name so that you're ready for the promise that's coming over your life. But number two, keep your eyes on the road. Be free of distraction. Keep your eyes on the road. The Bible says that fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Keep your eyes on God, not the storms of life, not the craziness of it all, not what they're doing and they're doing, not social media. But I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus because I want to get through the process into my promise. But here's how we live blamelessly. Philippians chapter 2 verse 14 says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Do everything without complaining, without arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean. And that's not like vegan or something like that, all right? Live clean and innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in, the wonderful wor- in a world full of crooked and perverse people. You're in the context to a road trip. You know what living blamelessly is like? If you're driving down the road, you're having a good time, you're on your road trip, you're on your journey, you're having a good time, and maybe you can relate, right? You're having a good time, and all of a sudden, down the road, or maybe you got an app that tells you, or you got the little beep beep thing, and all of a sudden, it's like, police officer over there, and you're like, oh, praise the Lord, right? Get all excited. <laughs> Living blamelessly is like, you know what? I, my, my registration's all up to date. I put that little sticker on the back of my car. All right, I, I'm not speeding. I, I'm going the speed limit. I got my seatbelt on. My kids are all secure in that back in that back seat, that car. That's what living blameless is like. Is when you pass by authority, you say, "What's up? How you doing?" Right? But how many of us we're like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." Right? We're driving down the road. Everybody in your car is like, "Popo!" Right? Cop, police. You're like, "Oh, straighten up." You're like buttoning your shirt. What are you doing? It's the police. Yeah, I mean, like, calm down. I want to share with you today. God sees you as blameless. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. And so, dear friends, while you're waiting. So, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen. While you're in that waiting faith season, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. But listen to me today. If you're first time and you're like, oh man, what kind of church did I roll up into? You know what blameless means? Blameless does not mean perfect. Blameless means whole. Blameless means complete. Blameless means you are sound. You have a sound mind. You're living in a life of peace. Why? Because we understand as we have relationship with God. We know that once we begin to know God, we begin to find freedom. That's living blameless. We say, man, I made all kinds of mistakes. I screwed so many things up. But now I am living blameless and innocent life because of Jesus Christ. It's not nothing I've done, but it's everything he's did in my life. That he has given me a new identity in Christ Jesus. We get so hung up on perfection. We get so hung up on, man, if I could just do everything correct and give me all the, all the rules and the regulations so I can be a good Christian. You know what it is? It's accepting Christ in your heart and stepping into that. Say, this is my new identity. This is my new identity. That's like saying, Matt, Pastor, I, I can't go to Girl Track. 
You don't know what I did? Man, I, 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 I can't discover who I am because I messed myself up too much. Maybe you're saying, man, I, I can't greet somebody at the door or, or I can't get involved or, you know, I, I just got to come in, sit in the back row, slip out because, man, nobody knows what I'm going through. And God is saying, listen to me, I died for that. I died for that old identity and I'm going to give you a new identity that you are now blameless and you are now innocent in Christ Jesus. Listen to me, you don't have to be your best you today, but a year from now, you can say, I'm a different person than I was a year ago. Why? Because I'm on a faith journey. You know what blameless means to be complete? And so many times we go into the world, man, if I just go there, man, I can find some fulfillment over there. Man, if I just go over there, man, I can get complete. Maybe somebody or something will complete me. And God is saying there will always be a hole in your heart because God's the only one who could fill that hole. I want to close with the scripture. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 22, it says, Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. So Jesus died on a cross, and he brought you into his own presence, and you are now holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. I want you to write this down today. Write this down. I am holy and I am blameless. I am holy and I am blameless. That God wants to give you a new identity this morning. If you haven't heard anything I said today, you're like, wow, the name change is cool. It's cool to not stop on my journey. I'm going to keep driving. I'm going to keep taking steps towards God. I want to encourage you today. Know who you are in Christ. We're going to help you in that in growth track today. We're going to help you do that through your small group. We're going to help you do that every single sermon, every single Sunday to know God has given you a new identity in Christ Jesus. That God is going to do exceedingly and abundantly more in your life. You know what God loves to do? God loves to find those misfits, those that screwed up. I mean, think about it. Abram, he went to Egypt, lied about his, his wife. Then Abram uh, went to a different direction, screwed up with his nephew Lot. Then Sarai said, I'm so tired of waiting. Now you're going to sleep with my servant Hagar. So Abram slept with another, another woman. They had a baby together. And God is saying, you know what? You made mistakes. You screwed up. But listen, you are holy and you are blameless. You are the father and mother of many nations. Why? Because I died on the cross for you today. So everyone, everyone stand with me, please. I would love to pray over you. I hope you enjoyed today. But man, I want to encourage you today. Will you give your life to Jesus and begin to see what he does with it? Begin to see what he does. Because the truth will not only set us free, but man, I begin to pray for freedom over your life. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. God, thank you for what you're doing at Avenue Church. But God, more importantly, thank you for what you're doing through every single person in this room. The Father, I pray for those that are feeling worn out. God, I pray for those that have been believing and believing, and you're simply taking a step every single day, but you're getting a little discouraged. Maybe your prayer has been, God, am I there yet? God, is it coming? God, are you going to heal? Are you going to restore? Are you going to move on my behalf? And I'm going to encourage you today to keep the faith. Encourage you today, don't stop. It's coming. God is faithful and just. 
Maybe you're here today. You feel like you're on E. You feel like you're on empty. You're so tired. You're just like someone I love dearly. So I don't know about God, but I have no purpose in my life. Our prayer is this could be a place where you can belong before you believe. But if you're here today, you're ready to start believing. You're ready to take a first step today, and that's accepting Jesus into your heart. Maybe here today, you said, man, Pastor, will you pray that prayer with me? Because I, I want purpose in my life. I want to know what God has called me to do. That I want to be set free from the guilt and the conviction. I want to be set free from condemnation. And I want to allow God to use me in a mighty way. With every head bowed, every eye closed, let's all pray that prayer together. Because we're not going to do anything alone. I'm not going to stand you out or put you on blast. But how many know every single one of us, we need God. But thank goodness we are holy and blameless. So everybody say this prayer. Head bowed, eye closed. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me right where I am. So today, I give you my life. Forgive me and wash me clean. According to your word, I am holy. I am blameless. So help me to live faithfully and blamelessly. Say, Jesus, you were raised to new life. So raise me to new life. And so today, I accept my new identity. And everyone say this loud. Say, I am now saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. And everybody shouted, amen.